being a change happen and that actually um, touching something inside their heart that then meant that they went away changed after that. They were not the same after that at all because God had touched them by his Holy Spirit, but also they were convicted. And Peter spoke to them. He said, they actually, it says in um, Acts chapter 2 that they were actually convicted because they heard what they had done to Jesus. They heard who he was. And we were singing this morning that name, Jesus, 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 Jesus. There's power in that name. But they were convicted because they heard um, that what they had done to, that was God's son that they had crucified. And their lives were changed. And it says that they gathered together after that, all together in one accord. And you know what they did? They praised God. Um, they gave up all that they had and shared it amongst people that needed things. That's a pretty big change, isn't it? And, um, And they broke bread together. So they had communion together. But not only did they have communion together, but they... Could you imagine what it was like back in that time when they were all living together? Now, there's, there's 12 disciples, right? But there's a whole lot of other people as well. And they were doing life together continuously. Could you imagine? I mean, we know sometimes they had typical family things and they got upset with each other and someone thought they were more important than somebody else and all that sort of stuff happened. But can you imagine if you were walking around with Jesus all the time for that three years that he was there... Um, you'd feel like being nice, wouldn't you? You know, you're with with Jesus here and he's never done anything wrong. It'd probably be a bit annoying at some stages, but, you know, um, you were walking with him, living with him, and then they were left to receive the Holy Spirit and then they continued living together and walking together and doing things together. They had meals together. They spent time together. It wasn't just let's come together on Sunday, one day a week and, you know, something or other. It was a lifestyle because they were changed by what they had heard in that message that Peter gave. They were changed. And, you know, when we come into church and we open ourselves up to what God wants to do, then we are changed. We should never walk out these doors the same as when we came in because we it's just one breath. It's just one breath from God and we can be completely changed, completely changed. So do you want to grab your communion elements um, now? It's a David term, isn't it? The elements. Um, and we'll get ready. <laughs> uh, I don't know why we called them before he said that. Um, but anyway... anyway okay so this morning you know if it's just if there's something that you need this morning this is the place to receive it if there's something that you need from God this is it this is the moment because he promises, he promises that there's healing in this because of what he did for each one of us. And he did it for every one of us from the youngest right to the oldest. Doesn't matter. Anybody um, Peter talks about from any time now until any person to come. He did the same thing for each one of us. Um, so let's stand this morning. And if you have something, you have a need this morning.
let's just believe that God can meet that need this morning because it's just one breath. And, you know, all it takes is for us to open our hearts and say, yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus, I want what you have to give to me this morning. That's all you need to do. End of story. Because he will be there. Whoever calls on him, he promises he will be there. Lord, we just thank you so much this morning. We thank you, Lord, that you are the answer. You are the answer, and it is just one breath, just one breath from you, and our lives are changed. So, Lord, we're just, we're just putting our hearts out before you. We're opening our hearts before you this morning, Lord. Come and do what you would do in our lives. Lord, we don't want to go out of these doors the same as we came in this morning. And, Lord, we know that in you all things are possible. So, Lord, we just thank you so much. Thank you so much. Jesus, we thank you for what you did for each and every one of us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just eat the body that was broken for every one of us. We thank you, Lord, for your blood that was shed for each one of us, Lord. We just thank you. We can't, we really can't comprehend the fullness of what you did for us. But Lord, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you made a way that we could be in perfect relationship with you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just drink the cup. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just pray a blessing on every person in this room this morning. Lord, I just pray that whatever it is that they've said in their hearts to you, that you'll be there, Lord, that you will meet that need. Just bless every person. Amen. I'm a little bit messed up this morning and uh, in the sense that it's, it's like um, when I get into worship, it's almost like wrecked in worship, just, wow. See, it, 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 <clears throat> it doesn't take a room 
packed full of people to experience the presence of God. It just takes Jesus to come into the house. And see, Jesus, Jesus is waiting for the invitation. And, and I, I personally believe that uh, my, my invitation or my, my come Lord is when I get into worship. And I have experiential knowledge of the presence of God in worship. Now, God wants us to have encounter after encounter after encounter. He wants us to have a lifestyle of of fellowship and encounters with him. He wants us to be walking with him and talking with him all the time. And, And the reality of the presence of God is is about something's happened. (laughs) Are we still on? We're still on. I don't know what that was, but I heard a buzz. And and, and I, 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 my goodness, I, I really, I really am buzzed this morning because um, when, 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 I, when, I, when I get into worship and, and just, Lord, I love you. And, and when we get into songs like, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, you're everything. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And, 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 and it's like the breath of the Spirit just begins to move and flow. And, and that's been the, the, the cry of my heart and the prayer of my heart all year. Lord, that the breath of your spirit will just blow the sails of my heart. Just take me. Just get your sails up. See, these things on the end of your shoulders are sails. You get them up and let the wind of the spirit just begin to move you into the realms of the unseen. And the unknown becomes known. There's so much that I want to know. Experiential knowledge of the presence of God. Life is all about experiential knowledge. And I've had people criticise me because I speak about religious people, church people, criticising me because I talk about experiences. But a cup of coffee is an experience. (laughs) And we keep going back for that experience because we enjoy it. What other things do you do more than once because you enjoy it? And then you get to the point where you think, oh, I might get a little bit overboard in this. I might, uh, you know, it's like, uh, we, we need more, more, more Christians overboard. Just get out of the boat. Just get out of that boat. Coral was sharing a little bit about the the change that came about because of the presence of God. 
coming into a room and filling people. I, I wish I had words to to describe, to 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 be able to help you to understand the tangible presence of God. It's not theory. It's not hype. It's not, well, I'd like to. It, it is it's tangible presence of God. You, if you have asked Jesus into your heart, you've got the Holy Spirit within you. The Holy Spirit in you is everything you need. He's more than enough because greater is he who's in you and me than anything else that's in the world. Anything else, he is greater. It doesn't matter what it is, what you may experience in life. It doesn't matter. It all gets back to who am I going to put my confidence in? Who have I surrendered myself to? Who am I relying on? Is he truly my provider? And God wants us to have experiences of all sorts of things in life so we find out where we put our confidence, where we're going to decide connecting our conscious will to, I will abide in his presence. I will surrender to him. I will give my thoughts to the word. I will meditate on the word. I will trust God because he knows better than me. And we see so many scriptures and we think, well, I, oh, gee, that sounds great, Lord. I, I wish that would happen in my life. <laughs> well, it's more than a wishing. It's something that we can actually become part of. When this word becomes part of us, then we become so, uh, so, so captivated, so one with the word. The word became flesh so that flesh, we could become just like the word of God. The living, walking, breathing word of God. In all its different expressions that are in this room, it's still the Holy Spirit's presence that wants to rise up with, with, within you and give you that, I know that I know Jesus lives in my heart and is with me everywhere I go. See, I, I, um, I guess I should read a couple of verses for you from... I was reading in the book of Romans, so I'd like to share a few scriptures with you from Romans chapter 8. I'm reading out the Passion Translation. And these scriptures are following on. I'm going to start from verse 27. But it's following on from the, the part where Paul is speaking about the indwelling person of the Holy Spirit. And how often we don't know what to do. We haven't got a clue. We don't know. Lord, I don't know what to do. The Holy Spirit does. Lord, what am I going to do? Follow me. Get your sails up. Start to worship me and then just follow me. 
Let the breath of my spirit blow the sails and take you where I want to take you into that realm of my presence where there's all the provision you need. And so he's speaking here about the Holy Spirit and how we don't know how to handle a lot of situations, but we've been given the greatest source of provision to come and live within. The Holy One of God. The Holy Spirit. And as we yield to Him, we begin to start praying in the Holy Spirit, we begin to rise above. The Scripture speaks about praying in the Spirit, building yourselves up in the Holy Spirit. And it talks about rising up in the realms of the Spirit where the things of the natural no longer are your priority as far as what you're thinking about, what you're worried about, what you're concerned about because you've yielded to Him and you know He's going to work it out. He's got the answer. I don't know what to do. He does. If we just tap in, just tap in and follow. Lord, I don't know what to do, but you said you'd give me the wisdom and the understanding that I need to know what to do. I trust you. Show me, Lord. I'll start at verse 27. It says, God, the searcher of the heart, knows fully our longings. Have you got some longings in your heart? Is there something you're longing for? Is there something that you're desiring? Is there something that you want the Holy Spirit to begin to bring you into, into that realm of the spirit of provision where, wow, it's a wow moment. How long is it since you've had a wow moment in God? I was getting wowed in worship. I tell you, when you get into that place where you're just, Lord, I just want to be in your presence, then you find everything in his presence, everything of provision in his presence. Everything, absolutely everything is provided in him. All striving goes when we press into him. The longings, the longings, the the longings. So, you know, do you ever wonder why God gave you an imagination? It is a powerful gift of the Spirit of God. And when you begin to link your imagination to the Scripture and begin to imagine yourself in this promise, in what God's saying, you begin to think about it. You begin to imagine what it would be like. You connect the, the, the hope that you have from the promise. You begin to ima- That's faith starting to act out to bring into reality what is not yet revealed to the senses. But the imagination is the, is the, the vision that God gives you of the possibility of God 
demonstrating through a tangible witness from the word of what he's promised you're going to walk into the realities of his presence. Can you imagine for a moment how your thoughts would change if you actually saw Jesus visibly present in this room right now? Do you have to see it with your natural eyes or can you picture that with the imagination God has given you of the reality of the person of Christ right now, here? Saying, I know the longings of your heart. I know what you're longing for. And then he says, yet he also understands the desires of the Spirit because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God for us. His holy ones in perfect harmony with God's plan for our destiny. This is what's released through giving ourselves over to the expression of the Holy Spirit as we're praying in the Spirit and allowing Him to produce what He's promised the longings of our hearts, the things that we can imagine. Lord, if I could just see this happen, I would be so happy. God says, well, it's coming. It's coming. But I want you to begin to grow up in the exercise of your faith with what I'm saying so you begin to start feeling in the spirit realm what I'm about to do. You should be starting to get sensitive now to what's happening, what's coming. Now, we showed you a video last week to give you a clue. I hope you got a clue last week. It was a teaching from Corey Turner about the fivefold ministry. It's coming. It's coming in a greater dimension and we're going to see the release of the power of God in the house in a greater dimension. We are going to see the longings of our heart revealed. You're going to see the miraculous. You're going to see the the things that you've wished for. Lord, I want to see the realities of your presence. Start getting your imagination, your holy imagination, connected with what God's promising and start saying, Lord, you said in your word, God said in his word, put me in remembrance of the things I've promised. Start activating your hope. Get that energy of hope working in your heart. Put your imagination with it. Start dreaming big. God says, if you can imagine it, I've got more. God gave you an imagination to start dreaming big in him. And he says, I've got more I want you to start. Don't limit me to a puny little thought. Come on, start dreaming big. Start expecting big things. Start expecting what God has been promising you because it's coming. And if we just begin to understand the goodness of God and begin to allow the release of the Holy Spirit to move us in the direction of being free in Him, we're going to see the goodness of God start to pour in. Waves of glory, waves of blessing over and over and over. A continual blessing lifestyle in God. That's God's plan. That's God's purpose if we will get on board with it. 
This is why I, I try and I endeavor to live a lifestyle of just giving. And it's not just in an offering, it's, it's a lifestyle of giving, giving in praise, giving in worship, giving in every area. This is, this is why, this is, this is why. So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. God's got more good to come. And it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance so we get our attitude lined up so we can pour in more of the good. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his designed purpose. For he knew all about us before we were born and he destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of his son. This means the son, Jesus, is the oldest among a vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like him. Just like you're sitting next to Jesus' people. Just like him. And then you think, well, the day of miracles is not over, is it? That should be enough to make you realize the day of miracles is not over because you look at the person next to God and say, they're going to be just like Jesus. Well, that's going to take a miracle. You watch. God can change your heart just like that. Just like that. If you're passionate about your love and trust in him. Having determined our destiny ahead of time, he called us to himself and transferred his perfect righteousness to everyone he's called. And those who possess his perfect righteousness he co-glorified with his son. You've got the glory in you. God wants to show you and release more of the glory that's resident in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory and the hope is going to be realized and we're going to see Christ in the church and the church is going to be full of Jesus Christ people who are going to worship him, who are going to love him, who are going to live in his presence forever. So what does all this mean? If God has determined to stand with us, tell me who then could ever stand against us? Greater is he who's living in me, who's living in you than anything else in the world. The enemy wants to try to bring something of the world into your experience or into your mind to get you to start imagining something bad and get fear connected with your imagination to destroy the promises of God. But do not allow the enemy to have your mind. It's your mind and you do not have to allow any thoughts in there that you don't want. 
faith with your imagination brings fulfillment. You want the promise to be realized? Let that holy imagination begin to work on the promises that God's put in your heart. Put faith in the promise. Imagine what it's going to be like and start to activate your senses of expecting the hope that's got that energy within it. It's all there in the scripture. If we'll allow it to work in us, we are going to be a manifestation of what God has promised. He's only got people to work with, so it might as well be you and I. He hasn't got anyone else. He's just got people with all their faults, but he's put the Holy Spirit in there to bring out the best in every one of us. For God has proved his love by giving us his greatest treasure, the gift of his son. And since God freely offered him up as the sacrifice for us, he certainly won't withhold from us anything else that he has to give. He's already given heaven's best. So there's nothing that you can imagine that's greater than what God has already given. So why would he withhold any of it? Father, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, we want to see a manifestation of your goodness begin to fill and flood every heart in the house. Lord, that we would be so quick to allow the goodness of God to lead us to repentance, to say, Lord, I'm sorry, I won't let that thought come into my mind anymore. I'm going to give my heart, my thoughts to the Word of God and allow your hope that you've given me in that promise you've given me. I'm going to connect my faith and my imagination and I'm going to work at the promises you've given and I'm going to be all that you've called me to be. I'm going to be a blessing in the house of God and everywhere that you want me to be, Lord, I'll walk in the blessing and the favour of God according to your goodness and mercy. Father, we thank you for the work of your Holy Spirit right now in every heart that's yielded to you. Cause us to be quick to say, Lord, I repent. I thank you for your forgiveness. I'll move on into the greater things in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Start um, talking about manifestations in uh, in churches, and some Christians get really nervous. <laughs> but not us. We're not nervous about God manifesting His presence. I hope not. <laughs> it's a problem <laughs> if there is. Oh God. Um, I'm just going to talk um, briefly this morning, I think, um, about a manifestation. And uh, it's about laughter. 
laughter. That's God's medicine. Do we understand that? Laughter is God's medicine. And you know there are there are there are times and seasons and seasons and in, in Ecclesiastes it's got the whole list you know time to be born time to die and all all the, all the rest of it. But um, in verse um, four of chapter three it says there is a time to weep and a time to laugh. <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna. Um, one of the things that um, I I know that when God's touching me because I laugh. <laughs> So in worship, if uh, if you if you ever hear me and I'm 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 laughing, it's um it's because God's just putting his his finger on me, and uh, and uh, and it's good, it's um it's good. Uh, and um, <clears throat> you know, there's uh, in Psalm chapter two, and uh, and verse four. It says, from his throne, this is a good news translation, from his throne in heaven, the Lord laughs. Now, if you, if you, I'll encourage you to go and read um, Psalm chapter 2 because it's God's response to his enemies. And his response to his enemies is he sits in the heavens and he laughs. He laughs at his enemies. He holds them in derision. And, you know, that's a, that's a really, really good, practice for us to take a hold of, get a hold of. When the enemy's doing his thing because the enemy tries to disrupt, the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. When he's having a go, laugh at him. It'll drive him nuts. Because that's not the response that he wants. He wants anxiety, fear, depression. You laugh at him bit of holy laughter, and you will send the enemy packing. Hallelujah. So in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22, uh, this is the New King James Version. It says, a merry heart does good like a medicine. Amplified takes it a bit further. It says, a happy heart is good medicine, and a cheerful mind works healing. Do we get that? So there are there are natural benefits. You you can you can Google it. You can look up all the all the natural benefits of uh, of laughter. I've I've got a couple here. There are many many more. These are natural benefits of physically laughing. Laughter strengthens the immune system. It boosts mood. It diminishes pain and protects you from the damaging effects of stress. Is that a good deal? That's what laughter will do. How about this? Laughter enhances your intake of oxygen-rich air, stimulates your heart, lungs and muscles and increases the endorphins that are released by your brain. What are the endorphins? The endorphins are, the, are, the, are those chemicals that when they're released, there's just a... <sighs> Some people tell me that that's what happens when they have a really good coffee. I don't know. <laughs> or chocolate. Or chocolate. Yeah. Okay. Righto. 
I'll take your word on that one, but on the coffee. That's natural benefits of laughter. Now, are there spiritual benefits? Yes, there are. And the best way that I can describe a spiritual benefit of laughter is is with a personal testimony. And 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 look, some of you um, will be well aware of of, of of part of this, and it's only a little little part. But so I was born in 1962. It was a good year. And as you do, you, you, you grow up in your family and experience all the family things. And that's all of that. But in 1974, um, I, um, I went to a, a wedding of a, a family member. Uh, this uh, lady cousin um, had married a man and uh, was marrying a man. And the family got invited to the wedding. And... Uh, and that person was a pedophile. <laughs> There's a lot being said about pedophilia at the moment, isn't there? Um, it's being revealed. What the enemy has done is being revealed. He can't hide anymore. And that's what the enemy tries to do. He tries to hide. And he's got lots of devices for that. So... Um, this man who married my cousin, um, he was a pedophile. And uh, he invited me um, to holiday with them, and it was over in Nagambi, beautiful place, lovely lake, river, Golden River. I thought, yeah, that'll be good. And uh, every holidays for a number of years, I experienced um, uh, what young people shouldn't. And, uh, and that wasn't good. And that wasn't good. So that, um, that came to a, a, an end. Um, and uh, it was a period of 18 years. So in 1995, I think 95, 96, it was in a summer. So it was somewhere in there. 18 years after the end of that abuse, one of my brothers um, called me up. <laughs> and, uh, and he said, uh, he, he asked me some questions about, you know, had anything happened years before um, with this fella? Because some of the, what he had done was, had come to light. And... Uh, so I spoke with him, and, and, and I was at that stage, you know, on, on what, 33, something like that. I was able to, to speak with, uh, with my brother about that. But for 18 years, I had, I had told no person on the planet. Not a person, nobody, none. And, you know, that was, you know, you have bad experiences and you, you, you tuck those things down in your heart and you just want them to, to go away. But they, they don't. They just sit there. Um, and at that time, because that memory had been 
stirred up, I started, um, I started using my imagination in a really unhelpful way. Um, because that's sometimes what happens when there's a hurt in your heart. Our imagination, as Jeff was saying, is God-given, but it can be used in any number of different ways, just like anything that God gives us. It can be used positively or it can be used negatively. And, and um, at the time, I, um, I joined the pistol club in Bendigo, probationary member. Um, so I hadn't bought a pistol yet, but I was looking at them. And um, this was before Port Arthur, so it was a little bit easier to... to um, to do that sort of thing um, and I was riding a nice big motorbike and, and I would fantasise about you know getting a pistol and jumping over on my bike and riding over to where this person lived which was quite a way some long, long way away and just you know just with an empty just with an empty gun just jump off the bike and hold it up there and go click jump back on the bike and ride home I thought that'd be that'd be cool very, very unhelpful um, things to be, be thinking and fantasising about. And um, so we're talking about laughter here. It was at that point, 1996, that Jeff asked me to come to a week of meetings in Melbourne. Now, it was Rodney Howard Brown meetings. Now, I don't know if you're aware of Rodney Howard Brown, if you've got anything negative to say about Rodney Howard Brown, say it to somebody else, don't say it to me. Um, and he was speaking. Now, these were Holy Ghost meetings. And they were weird. They <laughs> were. <laughs> it was weird. It was really, really odd. Because there was long worship. I mean, you know, hours of worship. And... and at when you used to fairly short worship, that was that was it was good, but that was a bit interesting. There were long offering messages, long offering messages, and you know that that would get under some people's skin. Um, talking about money in church for for that sort of period of time, and. <laughs> but, you know, that's one of the things that the enemy holds his church captive with. He holds the church captive because the church is supposed to be a centre of resource. It's supposed to be a centre of resource to touch the world. That's one of the aspects that, 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 um, that God has, has planned. For the church to be a centre of resource, that means that the people within the church have to have resource. And God has a spiritual law of sowing and reaping. It's a spiritual law. You sow, it increases, and you reap. And then you sow again. <laughs> so there was lots of lots of long offering messages, and there were then there were manifestations, and there were some really interesting manifestations. 
you know, you sit in a, in a, in a meeting and you see someone go, run past. And you think, what was that? Oh, okay, they're running around the room. This is the stadium. They're running around the room. All the way around the room. And here they come again. And off they go. There's some really strange things happening. And there was laughter. Now, there was laughter. And it was full-on laughter. It wasn't a giggle. It was full-on. You know, the, I hope you've had the experience that, that belly-splitting, side-splitting laughter where it hurts. You're laughing so hard it hurts. And you, you're, a, you're, a, you're on, the, on the ground sort of in a, in a state, laughing and laughing and laughing and the tears and all the rest of it. Amazing. But the thing was, it was, it was nothing funny happening. Nobody was telling jokes. There wasn't a comedian up there. It was, it was Rodney at the pulpit, sort of inebriated, just looking at all the things that were happening in his meeting. And I thought it was weird. So Monday, in this meeting, I thought, this is really strange. I can't go home, because he's got the wheels. He's brought me. Tuesday. This is still weird, and it's getting weirder. Got to Wednesday. I thought, oh, God. (laughs) Oh, dear. Now, Psalm 16, verse 11 says, in his presence is fullness of joy. In his presence is fullness of joy. Now that word joy, part of its um, definition in, in, in the original language is mirth. Mirth, the greatest manifestation of mirth is laughter. So maybe, <laughs> maybe people were just getting in his presence. Maybe people were just opening their hearts up to his presence. And that was what was coming from being in his presence. Um, I just want to read some scriptures out of James chapter 4 and verse... um, Verse 6, and this, this passage is talking about pride and humility. Very, very, very important um, thing to understand in our human experience. Pride and humility, they are mutually exclusive. You can't be in humility and have pride. You will not have humility if, you, if, you, if you're walking in pride. So this is, what, um, this is what this is talking about. This is out of the Amplified Bible, though, and in verse 6. But he, God, but he gives us more and more grace, power of the Holy Spirit to meet this evil tendency and all others fully. What's the evil tendency? Pride. I know better. That's what, that's what pride is. I know better. 
This is why he says, God sets himself against the proud and haughty, <laughs> but gives grace continually to the lowly, those who are humble enough to receive it. The only things that we will ever get from God is when we are positioned in a place of humility to receive what he's saying. It's the only time. <laughs> you can't be living in pride and receive anything from God. <laughs> Never going to happen. doesn't work. So, I received it. <laughs> I said, God, if this is you, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and I laughed 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 and, you know, spent a little bit of fellowship with the floor underneath the seats and all manner of things, as were um, many others. <laughs> it was still weird. <laughs> It was still very weird, <laughs> but oh, it was good. <laughs> and um, yeah, and yeah, you know that um, that scripture: trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. That's where it is. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and lean not on your own understanding, because you can't do both at the same time. <laughs> You can't lean on your own understanding and trust in the Lord at the same time. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. He'll sort out your life, but he's gotta, you've got you've to give it to him for him to be able to do that. <laughs> and I didn't understand the, the um the fullness of, of what was happening at that at time. But I did a couple of weeks later. So I came back from that week of meetings a couple of weeks later. I just realised I haven't given that person a thought. <laughs> Not one thought. All those, all those imaginations, they, had, they were gone. I had not given him a thought. And I actually felt, Lord, I actually think I've, I've actually forgiven him. Because there's not a negative, there's not a negative thought there. And I thought, wow. Wow. This has got good. <laughs> so that was in 1996. Just taken out, just like, you know. Surgically removed. Um, now, there was a, <clears throat> a few years after that, that um, uh, this person, uh, this pedophile, was actually tried in court because I was not the only young person that um, he had interfered with. There were quite a number. And uh, so he had his um, day in court <coughs> and there were different ones that were invited to be uh, in, that, uh, in that courtroom. And um, so the, the 
the outworking of that was was so clear to me because and I've, I've said this before there were there were some people that wouldn't come to the wouldn't come to court they didn't want to know they just don't talk to the hand don't want to know so <clears throat> but there were three people that were in in court there was one person who was a couple of years younger than me I knew him when I, well, I was younger he was um, in his mid-30s at that stage, um, living with his parents on suicide watch. Um, not in a good place. There was... <coughs> there, was <laughs> uh, good. there was another fellow on the other side of me. He was the brother of a, a, a young fellow who had committed suicide. And he was mad as a snake. <laughs> He had to be um, ejected from the from the courtroom because if he could have if he could have physically got to this fellow, he would have torn him to pieces. And that was the anger and hurt that was in him. And <laughs> and, and I'm in the in the courtroom because this is the Shepherd and Magistrates Court and it's intricate woodwork, you know. And I'm into wood. And I'm I'm looking around the courtroom, just admiring the the um, the, the woodwork in the <laughs> in the place. And that's the difference. That's the difference. That's the difference that God can can make in a heart. And 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 that that's my testimony of 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 laughter, Holy Ghost laughter. And, and what that can do. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> you know, in, uh, in Nehemiah, um, you know, they've just rebuilt the temple. And, uh, and in, in, in chapter 8, they've, they've, um, they've got the, they've got the, um, the law of, of God, the law of Moses. And they assembled all the people together and they said, okay, we're going to read. And they started reading the, the law of Moses. And the, the people's response was, oh, we've got it so wrong. And they, they began to weep because when they heard the, 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 the law of God and, and what God required, they began to weep. And... Um, And they were told, no, don't weep, don't weep. It's not the time. There's a time for weeping and there's a time for laughing. I says, this is not the time to weep. He says, go home, eat the fat, drink the sweet, so have a feed, have a drink, and send portions to those who haven't got anything prepared. Uh, that's a, that's, a, that's a, a picture of, of the New Testament, isn't it? Okay, look after each other. Eat the fat, drink the sweet, and give to others. And it just says in Nehemiah 8 verse 10, after he said that, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, can we be a sad sack Christian? 
Well, you can, but you won't be very strong. There will be no strength. You will be open to attacks of the enemy. But with that joy operating, there is strength. And that strength will hold us and keep us and it will set other people free as well. As well. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that's my encouragement. Laughter. You know, it can... There were natural benefits? Absolutely. Okay? So if you need to find a good comedian, what's that fella that you, you know, that, oh. Michael McIntyre. If you want a natural laughter, have a look at Michael McIntyre. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <clears throat> but, you know, greater than that, so much greater than that is open up to the presence of God every opportunity that you can and that, and you can do that you can do that I've had, I've, had, I've had times just studying the word of God and being a, <laughs> just being <laughs> just being a mess um, just from studying the word of God because every now and again it'll it'll it, God will just open up something and I'll get it. <laughs> and it just brings such such a joy. But you know, there's a, there's there's that there's that opportunity when we're together corporately um, to be able just to open up our hearts to allow God to 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 touch us in that in that area. And and help each other in it. Help each other. When we're together, to to head in that direction. Don't talk doom and gloom. I was talking um, early in the uh, in the in the prayer meeting. The perspective that we have in this world, or the perspective that we take, is is hugely important. Where we're looking from, and and there's a lot of muck happening in the world, okay, but God is working. And he is producing what he wants to produce in this earth. And through all the all the muck, we've got to we've got to sort of just get a, a trapdoor, get a God perspective. We've got to get a God perspective of what's happening. See what God is in. God, what are you doing in this? Show me what you're doing in this. And as we get a God perspective of what's happening in the world, there can be a joy in our hearts and it can manifest in, in laughter, uh, which will be good for our, our physical body, but it's good for our spirit. It's good for our soul. Hallelujah. I'm just going to pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for the, for the natural things that you've put in place, Lord, that are a benefit for us. And, and, and Lord, you know, the scripture says first the natural, then the, then the spiritual. So, Lord, give us, a, give us opportunities just to have a good belly laugh uh, this coming week. And Lord, help us also 
to see things from your perspective. Lord, to get the perspective of heaven on the things that are happening in this world. Lord, reveal yourself to us in this, in this way. And, and, and Lord, in that, um, draw us closer to yourself. Lord, break those bondages, those things that the enemy has, uh, has sown in our hearts. Lord, through mirth, through laughter. Lord, just as you sit in the heavens and laugh at your enemy, give us that attitude, Lord. That when the enemy comes and tries to do what the enemy does, that we can say, no, enemy, you're done. (laughs) You're finished. You lost. (laughs) You lost already. Hallelujah. And just praise you and worship you and see you work on our behalf. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Um, just before Chris comes up and um, gives some notices, uh, can I just uh, put this one out there? Um, just for you to start thinking about. So this is a seed for you to start thinking about. Um, what we would like um, to do in the next little while is um, give an opportunity to um, go down and, and uh, be part of a, a NUMA church meeting. Um, so they have a, a church meeting at, what, 4 o'clock? 4.30? Afternoon meeting? 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock. So we've um, already had a look at, uh, and you think, oh, well, um, how do we get down? There is a train. It's really cheap now because they've... Done all those, um, you know, chopped the, the, the fares. So we thought it'd be a, a really wonderful opportunity um, for as many as, as would like to and, and who can um, jump on the train together, go down for a meeting, jump on the train, come home. Um, so there's a couple of trains that leave. I think there's a 12.38 or something, and then there's a 1.30 something. All right, either of those would get us um, down there. Um, it just depends whether we want to move quickly to the train after after a, a Sunday morning meeting or <coughs> have a little bit of time. So um, the later train would get us there just in time for the, for the meeting um, if we wanted to um, have a little bit more leeway. Anyway, that's, that's details. So just give it give it some thought um, whether you would like to uh, to be involved in in that. Um, I think it would be a really um, a really good opportunity to see what God is doing um, in that um, in that place um, because there are things moving very nicely and uh, and it would be a great as a as a, a church to be able to. Um, Experience. You can you can hear about what the things that are happening, but um, as Jeff's already said, it's experiential knowledge. It's being in uh, in the presence um, and in in what um, what God's doing in different places. So uh, that's uh, that's that thought. Okay. So it'd be um, jump on the train at at eight thirty and 
and back to Bendigo. So, all right. Thank you, Chris. I haven't got the <laughs> iPad. <laughs> All good? Ah, beautiful. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate that, mate. Well, this week we've got Coffee for Parents and Kingdom Play Group at 9 o'clock in the auditorium. Um, Wednesday is a prayer meeting for the church community at 7.30pm uh, in the auditorium. Thursday, prayer meeting for the school community at 9am, William Room, Women's, Women's Day. Nine, nine th oh, yeah, of course. It's the men's night and it's at Pete and Rhoda's on Thursday night. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm not sure. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, Women's Day, 9.30 to 10.30 a.m. in the auditorium. Yeah. And the men's night is out at Pete and Rhoda's place at 7.30. Friday is the Kingdom Youth at um, 3.30pm till 5pm auditorium. Um, Coral, the, today we're going down to the park for lunch, are we? Yes. Lunch in the park for the church today, so need to bring your chairs and some tucker. Um, near the rotunda, Coral? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it, Absolutely. And um, last but not least, I'd like to welcome Lockie and Rose back. I meant to say that this morning. Um, the happy travellers. Yeah, no, it's great to have you back, guys. And the Lord kept the crooked road straight, Rose. Yes, hallelujah, he's so good. So, everyone, uh, have a fantastic week in the Lord this week. And we'll look forward to catching you up Wednesday nights and Thursday nights and, and then next Sunday. Thanks, guys. Hallelujah.